Welcome to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. A powerful weapon in the hands of God. Amen. 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 I believe that no one in this place you know, is uh, is born to just fill uh, up space in this earth. Amen. That all of us have a purpose and a destiny to fulfill. Amen. Amen. So I want to speak to you this morning. I, I hope that you guys have been practicing how to prophesy. If not, we'll still practice at, at the end of this uh, service that you, have, that you have walked up to people and ask God for, for information and just releasing what you believe is encouraging, is comforting, is exhorting. But I believe God wants to use you to be a mouthpiece. That every single day can be Christmas because you're giving out gifts to the people around you. Amen? Amen. So this morning, I want to speak to you on releasing the hand of God. Now, if you are wondering what exactly is the hand of God, I believe the hand of God and are the ministries that uh, He has given to uh, the body of Christ. I remember the first time I met an apostle, I was in China and I was a young boy, one of the first few mission trips, and I met this man who's from Romania. And uh, you know, he was in the, uh, he was actually uh, one of the first few missionaries to go back to his own uh, country when the, the iron uh, curtain fall, and he saw all kinds of signs, wonders, and miracles. And when he spoke, I was saying to myself, wow, this man is just so strategic. He wants to take over an entire continent. And so I said, I want to be like this man. I want to have this vision of conquering, of possessing, and of expanding the borders of the faith. I remember I was about 18, 19 years old, and I was in my previous church, and we had one of our first few prophets. And the church was, of course, very young, a little bit like this. And it was our first exposure to prophetic ministries. And this guy was just taking the microphone. And uh, it's helpful when he's young and pretty good looking, you know. And so he was just singing. And, but I could tell that, you know, people were waiting for the sermon. But he was just prophesying in songs and he was releasing prophetic words over people. He was, and before we know it, he gave an altar call and to the horror of the church, there was no message that Sunday morning. The sacred word was missing from the pulpit. You know, and he called people forward and I was there. I was a young catcher and he, he singled me out. He gave me a prophetic word. I thought, that guy is crazy. There, and then I was part of the planning committee of uh, the fire conference uh, by Reinhard Bonnke. It was in the early 2000 and uh, uh, the stadium was filled and, and there I was in a smaller uh, setting and he was encouraging the committee and encouraging those who were planning and he was talking about souls uh, with a lot of passion and fire. And I said to myself then, and I said, I want to win souls. The, the faith is all about soul winning and making a difference in non-believers' lives. And then I sat under the teaching of uh, people like Brian Bailey and Tim Keller and different people who were so, uh, Bill Johnson, and, and they expounded the word like, like, like nobody's business. I mean, they were just looking at Greek word, Hebrew word, and I said to myself, wow, I love the scriptures. And I said, I want to go deeper into to the word. And then I, and, and I, when, when, when I was young, a believer at 15 years old, I was pretty, uh, you know, I was a pretty different young boy growing up. Uh, never conformist, always wanted to be different, you know, to 
to see where no where no one sees and to go where no one goes. And so I was and so I was always mistaken by people. So in this car of uh, one of my former pastors, and he said, uh, uh, Daniel. God has made you this way, da 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 da, and I was, and I found myself crying, and I, and I say, he's such a wonderful pastor, and I say, when I grow up, I want to be a great pastor. Now, what's my point? I've just described to you my interaction with the fivefold ministry, from the apostle, and when I met an, an apostle, I want to take new grounds for the kingdom. To a prophet, I want to say, I say, I want to love God more, and I want to prophesy and be taken up and see visions and walk in the heavenlies and communicate with uh, four-faced creatures. And are you with me? Don't you feel this way when when a prophet comes and you want to yourself, how did that guy know? Don't want to describe the heavenly visits. You thought to yourself. Can I book a ticket too and just join you next time when you were taken up before the throne of God? I, I, I mean, we love. And oh, when I meet an evangelist, I want to win souls. When I meet a teacher, I want to go deep into the Word. When I, when, when I meet a pastor, I want to love people more. And I believe that's the hand of God. It's the fivefold ministry. So let's turn our uh, Bible to uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Verses uh, 11 to 16. We'll read a few passages. We'll camp here. And I pray that this message would help you identify your, your inclination. All right? And for some of you, your particular calling in life. And let me preface myself by saying that uh, this message is not just for, the, uh, for full-time or church ministers. But I believe that there's relevance also for the marketplace. I believe that the fivefold giftings aren't just for the four, for the four walls of the church, within the four walls of this church, but I believe the fivefold giftings are also in people who are not called to full-time vocational ministry, but who are called uh, to different spheres of, in, of, of influence. And I pray that you will discover yourself as I teach. So I'm teaching this morning. There will be points. There will be uh, different tables. And I pray that you will either take a, a snap uh, the screen or take down notes. But let's read the first uh, six verses. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, say apostles, the prophets, say the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers, to equip His people for, for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to, to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Next verse. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Next verse. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head that is Christ. From Him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now, there are five gifts. If you can help me, just move the slides around. And to help us remember... Some of you might have heard this growing up, if you're part of a church, but if you, if you have not, an easy way to remember the fivefold ministry is with your five fingers. So let's go to that slide, take a look at the screen. How many fingers do you have? Five, right? I'm, I'm re referring to normal, uh, those of us born with five, all right? So, in, so if you don't have five, listen, all right? I'm not in any way... Hey, I'm saying this because you know, I preached that once and someone said I've got six fingers. 
you know, and you know, it's just part of, all right, so I'm in no way putting, uh, so, but most of us have five, right? So five fingers, and the apostle is represented by the thumb, right? Thumb. And then we have got the prophet. Why uh, the, the prophet is represented by the, by the index finger? Because the prophet basically points direction, right? So he's pointing. And we've got the evangelist. And, uh, and for most normal people, the middle finger is the longest, right? So the evangelist basically uh, reaches out, right? It's the long, it goes, reaches out to people. For most people, I'm referring to most of us, with a long middle finger, all right, is to reach out. And then we've got the pastor, and the pastor marry people. So you put the ring in your fourth. Uh... All right, so the pastor is all about marrying the church to the bridegroom, right? And, 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 and preparing the church you know, for the bridegroom king. So the pastor and then the uh, teacher to dig his ear with uh, the little middle, uh, the little finger. So, so, we have, so we have the fivefold ministry. We've got the, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And here we've got the fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministry is not slapping people. The fivefold ministry is the hand of God to mature the church and to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, I want to say this, that in the New Testament, as we've learned in my last message, that there are nine different gifts, but all nine gifts work together in harmony. Likewise, the fivefold ministry, if we don't have understanding, we would think that one is more important than the other. Like, for example, the apostle is more powerful than the pastor. I want to say that it's not about uh, titles and positions, but it's really about your functions. All right, and for some of us here, we are called to be apostles, some called to be prophets, and it's not wearing a title you know, in front of your name and say, I'm apostle so and so, or I'm pastor so and so. So if you have met me uh, and you have known me for a long time, you wouldn't hear me say, So I'm Pastor Daniel. I met people and they will usually interest them, themselves with the title, and I feel a bit strange. I feel odd. Because it's like calling, it's like going around saying, "Hello, Mr. Onvitan. Hello, Miss uh, So and So. Hello, Miss uh, Mr. So and So. No, I'm just uh, hello, Reverend Doctor So and So. I mean, no, no one goes around. No, I know that sometimes out of respect we attach a title to a person's name, but that's not the purpose of these fivefold giftings. I mean, the Bible says that these are gifts." These are gifts, which means that it is an expression of who Jesus is. Amen? It is an, an expression of who Jesus is. And so the fivefold ministry, when they're working together in symphony, it makes a, be- a beautiful sound in the kingdom. So I, I want to say it's not a solo act, but it's a symphony. The fivefold giftings is not a solo act, but it's a symphony. And my passion all my life is to see the fivefold fully activated within the local church. All right, so I believe that there are fivefold giftings in our midst, and my uh, role as a leader is to identify the fivefold ministry, the fivefold gifts, and to release them so that the body of Christ uh, could fulfill its greatest potential. So now I'm just giving you all this as an introduction, and I want to just go deeper into it and help you understand the fivefold ministry. So, fivefold gifts are given for the full reflection of Jesus. So that, as I wrote, we can show the world the full revelation 
of Jesus. The fivefold gifts on our own, the apostle is not Jesus, or the prophet alone is not the full expression of Jesus. But Jesus is the apostle. He was the first one to be sent. He was the prophet, as we recognize as we read the Gospels. He was the evangelist, reaching out constantly to the lost, the needy, the hungry. He was the pastor. Then he was also the teacher. No one taught like Jesus. So he was the fivefold uh, embodied into one person. So when we embrace all five giftings, it is the full reflection of Jesus Christ. All of us in our own are fragmented parts of Jesus. And the goal, as we've read in that passage of the fivefold ministry, is the unity of the church and the maturity of the Christian. Let's go back to all the verses. The goal is the unity of the church and the maturity of the Christian. So let's go back to all the uh, to, 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 to verse 11, verse 12. It says, Christ gave, so it's give, all right, the, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up and the goal until. So there's a need for all five gifts until we all, say all, we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So, verse 13 is the goal. If there are two themes in my life and ministry in the last 15 years, I would sum up these two themes into two words, unity and maturity. My, my pet peeve, you know, what irks me most is when pastors start comparing and saying that the church is the best church in the world. Because that statement in itself is divisive. I mean, God sees the body of Christ as a body. I can tell you how important my hand is. It doesn't mean that my eye is not important. I can tell you that the most beautiful part of my body, my body is my six-pack, which I, which I don't have, but it doesn't mean that my lungs are not important. So what's outward, which usually most people see, the platform ministry, those who are having amazing gifts, doesn't, doesn't mean that the organs, the systems are not important. So when, whenever we lift up one ministry and put the others down, we are compromising on these verses. Amen. We need the fivefold ministry so that the church can come into a place of unity. And in the place of unity, God commands His blessings and life forevermore. When the church is united, friends, the world would know that we are His disciples. But when the church is divided, the world will scratch their head and say, what's wrong with these Christians? They're always attacking one another, even in the media. It just tells us that we're imperfect, but it doesn't mean that we should attack the imperfection of our own body. Just, just imagine every morning you stand in front of the body and you see the little pimple on the face and you attack it. It doesn't make sense. I, I'm attacking my, I don't like pimple, ah, you squeeze it. No, we, we will try to heal it. Right, ladies? <laughs> if, you like, if, if you dislike your shape, you will, you will slowly work, work, work out. Not work out and appetite, but work out, right? And start building. We don't attack ourselves, but for some reason, the body of Christ, because of a lack of understanding, we attack ourselves. And what, what do I mean? Have you heard people who would come into churches and they would say, the most important calling is... Uh, 
you know, to be taken up to heaven and see visions and have a prophetic, ecstatic experience. And it's, yeah, it's true. And, they're all, and there are churches that are all strange prophetic people. And every Sunday, they would wave flag, they would share their vision of heaven. And that's, that's wonderful, but it's incomplete. Because unless we're all fivefold, we are not fully revealing Jesus. Jesus is not just weird, always in heaven with the Father. Jesus came down to earth and He was serving people. But if all we do is to serve people and reach out to the lost and the community, then we're missing the plot. Well, we must be trained in the Word of God, be fully fully engaged with Scripture and go deep in our faith. But if all we do is to go deep in our faith and we know every Greek word, every Hebrew word, we have got notebooks this thick and we pride ourselves by being scholarly, that's also not... The, the vision that Jesus has for the church is not a, a notebook full of notes. But there are churches like that that all they pride themselves is, oh, my pastor is the greatest teacher in the world. I'm in the best church. But no souls won. And some churches, they pride themselves every Sunday we've got 500 decisions, but all spiritual babes. I, am I making sense? So until we fully embrace the fivefold, release them so that each part supplying the, the revelation and the understanding in a particular ministry, the, the church will always be divided. Unless we embrace people who are different from us, we will never become mature. The goal is maturity, is to attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And what the world wants to see is not the prophet or the apostle. It's Jesus. The, the world doesn't need to see apostle so-and-so, prophet XYZ, evangelist, our uh, whatever, right? The world needs to see Jesus reveal in you the everyday believer who interacts with the world, who's taking a bus and in the MRT train and fully revealing Jesus. But we need the fivefold ministry to, and to equip us and to encourage us so we can all manifest Jesus. Amen? It's the full reflection. The goal is the unity of the church and the maturity of the Christian. And so what's the responsibility of the fivefold ministry? As we've all uh, said, is to equip the church for ministry. The more equipped we are by all five giftings, the more we can serve the world. We need the prophets to come in and teach us how to hear God's voice and release prophecies in a way that's relevant to the world. We need evangelists to come and activate us, give us a heart for the lost so that we can uh, engage with a lost world and introduce them to Jesus. We need teachers to come and open up the scriptures and give us a love for God's word so we can uh, be full and be satisfied by the finest of the wheat. We need pastors to come and teach us how to love one another and teach us how to build community so that we can love one another and the world may know that we are His disciples. We We need apostles to come to challenge us that there is a world beyond just the four walls of this church, that there are new grounds and territories that we have to go into. Amen? So before I move on and explain which, uh, what the giftings are, I want to say, and, so, and you would know this as I go into the content that I have, that I think in this church there are a few gifts that are missing. Either that or we're, 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 we're not fully released 
in these areas. I think eventually, I think we need to see the evangelist release in this church. We want to see new babes. And it's not about numbers and, and, and growing this church. The reason why the church exists is to interact with the world and for the world to come to know Christ. I mean, so we need souls to fill up these empty seats. We need friends who are seeking truth to fill up these chairs and for us to love them into the kingdom of God. Amen. So I think we need the evangelist. The middle finger. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I think we need more pastors. I think the pastoral ministry is severely lacking in this church. I've got people coming up to me and basically in love suggested to me that Daniel, you're a wonderful person, but you are not pastoral. I said, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love people, but the pastor is such a rare gift today in the body of Christ. And the reason why is because we're celebrating giftings, you know, now the church, the, the ministers are like celebrities. All right? And so the more, and the sensational get recognized. When you're prophesying, wow, the whole world goes like, how do you know that? Well, you've been to heaven, you've been to hell, you've been everywhere in the spirit. I can't, wow. And we start writing books about the prophets. All right? Evangelists, you've got what? A million souls saved in one gathering. And we celebrate the sensational, the pastor. They're crying with the people, holding their hands, walking with them through trials and testing, counseling them in their marriage, counseling them when their kids are going wayward. Who cares? Except those who are receiving the ministry, right? But who cares? The world is not like, wow, that guy is so amazing. He counseled 50 people. It's not sensational. But we need to celebrate the pastors. Amen. We need to release the pastors. We need pastors to pastor life groups, not apostles. Because they're always thinking, how do we conquer the world? No. Life groups are to do life together and the pastors must be there to walk people through transitions in life from, from singlehood to marriage, you know, from, uh, from being married to, to having kids. These are all serious transitions and I was so thankful that I've got pastors around me. But most of you would know who they are because they're not celebrated. But I'll forever remember them, forever remember them. Wouldn't you? People who were there, they are not the best teachers or the best preachers or the most strategic, but they were there. So these two areas, will you pray along with me <laughs> for these two areas to be fully released in this church? Because I tell you, when, when we have that, oh, this is a church of my dreams. I mean, I love to be part of a church where I will be loved and cared for. Hello? You think I'm super pastor, a super Christian. I need the fivefold input in my life. I need to hear from the prophets. I'm so thankful for, prof for prophetic friends and even for my younger brother, who is, I believe, prophetic. I mean, hearing. I need the evangelist to constantly remind me that souls matter. I mean, so let's go in and you will recognize the different giftings by their burdens. 
All right, and you, you can tell who I am right, after I start explaining, all right? But I'll have a table for you later, but just follow me, all right? The apostle, the fundamental burden of the apostolic gift is for the expansion across borders. In the marketplace, you call these people entrepreneurs. All right? Within the kingdom of God, within the church, the language you know, that we use is the apostle. And it's always thinking, how can I expand? So even terms like marketplace ministry was, I believe, first coined by the apostle. <laughs> I mean, they said, we can't just reach out to, uh, wow, you've got it, okay, great. Easier to explain, right? Kingdom expansion, that's all they care about. We need to take the gospel where Christ is not named. We need to take the gospel into the prisons, but how? And, and you've got people who are saying, you have, you have to be careful. Uh, these are all criminals. And the apostle would say, no, they are souls who, whom the Lord love. And we need to have a vision. We must have a strategy in going into prisons. We need to go to the red light district. And so the apostle is the one who sees what God sees and who would bring the church forward. Say forward. forward. So all they care about is forward. Let's progress. Let's move on. And the whole church was like, wow. And you, call, and you call these people pastors because that's the only term that we use in churches, right? But some pastors are super apostolic and they're always saying, come on, let's go. Let's go into this, this sphere, the media, the entertainment. Let's well, say, wow, pastor, you are a little bit too fast. I can't follow. Forward. And for every ministry, there's a blind spot. There's a weakness. And I think that for the apostle, unless you know, he has got giftings around him, to remind him of what is important, empire building, right? The apostles love to plant flags. Their favorite game, revolution, civilization revolution. They love to conquer grounds. They love to just, that's my time, right? Your time, I don't know what game you all play. <laughs> Clash of clans or whatever. You, you, you want to take more lands. You want to build a stronger army. Not for the purpose of, uh, but for the purpose of conquest. Right, so you have like prayer, a meeting call, day of conquest. They conquer. They wanna. They've got. You know, they they think in terms of military terms, and I know people who are like that. I grew up in a church that's super apostolic. And I love that because we have broken new grounds. And there's something attractive about apostles because people need to know where the church is going. Like just like in the marketplace, whenever there is a vision for a better tomorrow. I mean, wow. Elon Musk is just amazing. I mean, his vision for... And we're all inspired by people who are forward thinkers, right? But once you get to know them a little bit, they're always changing because their vision is like the world. <laughs> right? They will see, let's go there. No? All right, let's come back a bit. Regroup. Let's go. Now we are confused. That is apostolic. Because the world is their parish. So who are, who are some of the examples? I think John Wesley, for all the former Methodists here, was an apostle. From what he said, he says, you know, I, just give me a hundred men who are da-da-da-da-da-da and I'll, and I'll ride on, on horsebacks. So we release circuit riders to go from town to town, from city to city, and we'll preach the gospel. Now, they're not evangelists. They're just con they're conquerors. They're going from town to town, from city to city, and they plant flags for the kingdom of God. 
Apostle, I think John Wimber was an apostle. If you don't know who he is, he was the founder of uh, the Vineyard Movement and he broke new grounds in the area of healing. And he said, anyone can play. So anyone can heal the sick. And, so, wow, and the whole uh, church was like, what? Are you serious? I thought it's just the evangelist. He says, no, the healing ministry is for the body of Christ. And he went all around planting vineyard churches. I think he is an apostle. Amen. So apostles are pioneers, they are visionaries, they start new things in new places and leave behind a trail of communities, but also mess. Because <laughs> they're always starting. And when they start, and after they start, they say, wow, boring already. Let's, let's do something else. Apostles! Amen. Let's talk about the prophet. The burden of the prophet is for God Himself. Now, you might say, Daniel, isn't that supposed to be the Christian? Of course. I think, it's the, I think the Christian should also be forward-looking. All Christian. We must take new grounds. All right? We must bring the gospel to where Christ is not named. There are still half three billion people who don't know Jesus yet. And there are places that no one, that no one wants to go. And we have to go. And even within the demographics of the 21st century, there are people that are, uh, are standoffish to some of the supposedly alternative cultures. We have to go. So as you can tell, I'm a lot more apostolic <laughs> than I am pastoral. But the prophets, all they care about is God. All right, so all they do is, oh, I, I want more of God. I want more of God. I want to see him, I want his face, my heart is on him, you know. And he's always saying, church, you guys are not spiritual enough. You must love him more. You must pray more. You must spend more time with the Lord. Oh, you have, you have to worship him. Oh, you've got to know him more. He wants to reveal his heart to you. I, I'm, some of you are like, can you come down to earth, please? They're always up there. They're soaring. They're seeing Jesus. Do you know people like that in our, in our church? Many. That's why I say we've got no problem with prophetic people in this church. We have got lots of prophetic, you know, inclined people. We need to build God a house. <laughs> we need to, you know, just fill the house with a lot of uh, priests and worshippers. And the prophets are speaking. And that's great. It's true. Amen. Yes, God, build more houses. Have more people seeing Jesus and having visions of, uh, of the world to come. But some of us who are a little bit more pragmatic, you know, with no exposure, would find these people strange. And they would say, can you be a bit more practical? Can you just come down to earth? Well, but we have to celebrate the prophets. And I heard some strange stories when I was growing up of uh, how prophets would meet another prophet in heaven. And then, but they've never met on earth yet. And they would meet for the first time in person. And they would see each, each other and say, I've seen you b before. Oh yeah, you were on this day at this date in heaven and uh, I saw you there. I say, what? <laughs> no way! But for real, Sean Bolt's like that. And if you, if you know Sean, he, he's super down to earth. But he has met Bob Jones in heaven before they met Bob Jones. I mean, but don't you love that? Right? It shows us that God's real, that there's a realm beyond uh, the earthly realm. So we've got the prophets. But 
So the prophet's direction is always upwards. Let's go up. Godward. More of him. All right. But the blind spot, spiritual detachment, like they are so, they are so heavenly minded that they, are, that they are of no earthly good. And they will defend that, I tell you. If you talk to a prophet, they will defend that. What, what, what do you mean? The more spiritual one I am, the more... They will defend it because, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's, it's like the apostle would always defend him, himself. Say, what do you mean? We need to conquer more grounds. There are still like black spots all around the world, man. We need... I mean, they were... Because it's their passion on display. So you have to celebrate them for who they are without, without being offended for who they are not. I mean, say, come on, just go further up. You're only in second uh, heaven. Go third one. Uh, if you can discover the fifth one, go! Fifth heaven. But the problem is spiritual detachment. And I've met, and some of you will remember in those days, there was a prophetic teacher who was coming from Malaysia to Singapore, and he was teaching, and uh, the crowd grew to thousands. And he's one of those mystical, prophetic uh, teacher who has had all kinds of experiences. And it came to a point where he was saying to the crowd, he says that all of you are not spiritual enough and I've got no more friends who are spiritual enough and that God has got to send watchman me and, and uh, uh, send Catherine Coleman into my room for me to fellowship. Because I, I've got no one human to, to uh, fellowship with. And that's when you start to recognize that, uh-oh, error. And guess what? The next thing, this guy fell. Morally. Because Everyone else is not is is seven level down. You are seven level up. You are like, I've got no friends here. The air smells different on this level, this plane. So to all the prophets here, I want to warn you. All right, make sure that the lift works both ways. Don't don't just go up and then don't come down. Come down. <laughs> Fellowship with the people around you. Have a cup of. Have a cup of hot Milo and Bakut Teh sometimes, all right? Don't just live on air. Come on, somebody. We need the prophets, though, because the prophet points us towards God. And, and, for, and for the apostle, he needs a prophet in, in his life. He's always going out, pushing forward that sometimes he needs the voice of God and through the prophets to tell him, hey, slow down. The, the Lord says, slow down. Amen. The evangelist. The direction is always outwards. Let's reach out. Souls. More souls. More, more souls. More and more. I mean, numbers. 10,000. No, we need 100,000. No, we need... So some churches are led by evangelists. Hello? If they're always taking attendance, counting number of people on seats, my suggestion to you is evangelists are leading the church. It's true. They might call themselves apostle, prophet. No, they are really evangelists. Because what matters is we need to reach out to, to more, conquer. Like, you know, and there are apostolic, you know, there are people who are apostolic evangelists, but oftentimes when they're so concerned about numbers, I mean, they count to the very dot. If you talk to Reinhard Bonke, he can tell you, in my crusade in Nigeria, I mean, he will tell you, I've got 1,600,000, I mean, go to and 61 people. I say, how do you know? You, you just count? No, it just they, they've, they've got a way of counting. <laughs> That's even better than Google. Come on. <laughs> but they, they love numbers. In the marketplace, we call them salesmen. <laughs> Recruiters. It's always bottom line. 
If one person is missing from church, ah, we are losing ground. <laughs> and people that we know are people like Billy Graham, right? He's, uh, he's an evangelist. Praise God for Billy, for a Reinhardt Bonke. The heart of the evangelist burns hot for lost people who are far away from the Lord. They live to see those who are far off be reconciled back to Christ. But what is the blind spot? Incomplete discipleship. And there are some churches that are like that. And some of you were from churches that cares about lost souls, but there's no proper discipling of the saints. No discipleship. And they pride themselves, we have 15,000 people, they get saved in our healing crusade, in our miracle service, in this. And, and the saints don't even know what John 10.10 10 is. They can't even recite uh, Psalm 23. What's the Lord's Prayer? The Apostles' Creed? What's that? Like Assassin's Creed version 2? I mean, what's that? <laughs> Come on! That's, and, but then they are super evangelists. The new believers are, are out there pulling the, this uncle, that auntie, and they're all in church and they sit there and like, and this guy who's also an evangelist now are being celebrated. They're all trained to heal the sick, but they don't know the scriptures. <laughs> They don't care for the souls that are in. They just care for the unchurched. And we need the evangelists. Come on. And in this church, we need evangelists. So please rise up. It's really, it's really okay for you to, to just care about souls. I pray for people who are like that. Come on. Amen. Hope you're enjoying yourself. Huh? But then we've got the pastor. The pastor's direction is always inward. And that's what all of you if not, most of you, if not all of you are craving for. Pastor, we need more fellowship. We need more communi- and, and, and community. We need to feel love. We've got felt needs that are unmet. We're getting married. No one is there to counsel us. Oh, we have got challenges with, with our kids. So where are the pastors? They are busy out there trying to take new grounds. Come, I need to be loved. I need to be cared for. This church doesn't care for people. This church is like no friends. Deficiency. <laughs> in pastoral ministry. And yet, some pastors are sitting in our midst. As I said, it's never about the title. It's always about the function. Marketplace, we call this HR. (laughs) Human resource. I'm bullied by my colleague. I want to see HR. I need counseling, CHR. So if you are called HR, maybe you are called to be pastors in churches. <laughs> I've got no patience for HR. Say so we need to take new grounds. But we need people to be cared for. We need to care for people. But what's the blind spot? Holy huddle. And there are many churches who have got no prophetic vision, who are not hearing from the, uh, the Lord, but they are growing so well because it's a church full of pastors. Why? The church are led by pastors. And, I, and if I'm not a pastor and a leader of a church, I would love to be in a church that's so pastoral. Don't you? You come to church, the pastor is there at the gate, shaking hands, you're leaving, the pastor hugs you, and you leave thinking, I'm so loved. Oh, my pastor is the best. Now, another word for pastors is the word shepherd. Right? Shepherd. And, and every sheep who's prone to wonder, 
like all of us, need to be shepherded. But the problem is sometimes we all like just holy huddle, love one another, love one another, and we forget that there's a world that needs to be won. And that's why I think the, she- the shepherd needs an evangelist around him to remind him, hey, we need to take new grounds. And we need to win souls. Amen? And in the US, there are some great pastors. And in, Sing- and in Singapore, there are some of, some of my friends who are amazing pastors. Amazing. That some of them are like my pastors. I'll call them up. Some of you, some of you have gone to uh, Pastor Mark from Emmanuel. He's such an amazing pastor. Amazing. All right. As a, a teacher, he's, old, he's really good. You know, but as a pastor, he's excellent. 10 out of 10. Some of you are pastors. If you can give everyone your phone number and say, call me at 3 in the morning, you're a pastor. <laughs> Come on, Melissa. <laughs> I mean, you just love people. Love oozes out from you. Hallelujah. They value relationships and we all need to. So I'm not saying that the rest of us don't value. So we all need to. So we need people around us uh, to remind us that, hey, relationships are important. Amen. And the last one is a teacher. At their core, Teachers have a burden for others to gain the depth of understanding of the mysteries of God. They love to train people and watch them get it. In this church, I think Andre is a great teacher. I mean, he loved, you know, when, when, when you looked at his, his uh, chart and you, oh, it makes his day. Man. It's like, oh, this is a great Sunday. <laughs> they got it. <laughs> They love diagrams, they love Greek, they love to connect all the dots in scriptures and create that aha moment. Aha, why you got it. I mean, people love it. Don't we love good teachings? If every Sunday I teach like that, you'll be bored. But if every Sunday someone comes and just break open the scriptures, tell you what the Hebrew meaning is, go into the context and tell you, you know, this is what was happening in those days and you can't stop scribbling, you can't stop snapping, you can't stop, you can't wait for the podcast, you will share it with your friends. Teachers get very high ranking on, uh, I, on iTunes podcast. You look, they're always up there, wow, Craftflow Dollar in those days, Kenneth Hagen, now Bill Johnson, their tape sales, or not tapes now, their MP3 sales like hotcakes. I mean, people are like that. And we celebrate them. Amen. But, you, do, but do you know what's the blind spot of a teacher? They learn without action. A lot of talk, but there's no outward thrust. They are, pe- they are, they are, not, hold, they are not challenging people to go beyond themselves. And that's why the teacher needs an apostle in his life to say, hey, the word must go forth, <laughs> you know, and go into different nations. Um, and so we've got the overview of the fivefold ministry. And the point is we need one another. Amen. So by a show of hands, how many of you think that you're, you're an apostle or apostolic? Come on. I've got one hand, two, three, four, I think so. Five, yeah? Okay, by a show of hands, how many think that you are prophetic? I mean, how many think that you are evangelists? I, one, great. Two, you are evangelists. Three. Right, how many think that you are a pastor? You care for people deeply. 
Yeah, we've got a few. It's great. I think so. Teachers? The, the rest of you? We're discovering. Amen. So as I come to a close, this is my point. The more we recognize people for their giftings and we celebrate them for who they are and not being offended, and especially those who are in the front, especially the leaders, especially me. <laughs> when you recognize who, who Daniel is, then you wouldn't say, Daniel, you should be this, you should be that. I can be. I want to grow in this. But the more you release a person to be who God has called him to be, the more the kingdom grows. Like, likewise, you know, I can't expect uh, a teacher to be evangelist. And you're offended and say, how come you're not winning souls? No, he has to be evangelistic, which means that you know, on a regular day with unchurched friends, there should be this love for souls. But his, his thinking is not, how do I win more souls? His thinking is, how can I teach God's people the deeper truths of the scriptures? Yes? To the pastors, you can't tell them, how come you are, you are not thinking strategically and how to push out? They don't think like that. They will tell you, but Clement, no one met him for the last three years. I need to go and meet him. Yao Sheng has been neglected by a cell group leader. I need to go and meet him. How you wish, how I wish that this church are full of pastors and will be strong. So just imagine, close your eyes with me now, the bed on stage, just imagine with me when this church... are governed by apostles and prophets. So now, to those of you who are in the marketplace, what, you know, the prophet, like, you know, what's, who's a uh, prophet? Probably, what, is it called Google X? Right? There's this thing that, you know, or like, you know, the skunk works, right? So people who are basically just, you know, out there R&D, trying to find new breakthroughs. Now, these are prophetic people who are, you know, just trying to see trends. And people are, some people are prophets, but a church that are governed by apostles and prophets, they are foundations, they are hearing God, they are sensing God's heart, they are developing strategies, and they are pushing out. And, and the church, you know, uh, I equip to think strategic, to be prophetic. And yet there are evangelists that are just encouraging all of us to look out for souls. And church uh, people... Bring them in. And then there are pastors to care for these precious people that Jesus died for and their needs are being met. That, there's, that there are strong fellowships, that there are communities, that there are people that you can walk up to and say, hey, can I have a cup of coffee? I'm going through a challenging day. I imagine a church full of pastors and a church that are well taught in the scriptures that you know we all train to to read the bible to understand the scriptures now i'm not saying that we can only you know be strong in one gift i believe for some of us it's a blend it's a blend that that there are apostolic pastors right? there are prophetic teachers there are pastoral evangelists. I mean, there are all kinds. What I'm trying to show you is to, 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 to break this five you know, into uh, each 
silo and help you see and help you understand so that when you recognize people, you can recognize them. And how do you know what you're inclined to? You know by your complaint. So if you're always saying, uh, Daniel, I think the church needs to go deeper into the Word, deeper into the Word. I tell you, you are a teacher. You're saying, I think the church needs more fellowship, needs more community. You're a pastor. Oh, oh, I think the church needs to win more souls. We're not seeing new people. Then you're an evangelist. Oh, I think the church needs you know, more encounters with the Lord, more prophetic visions. You know, we need to love God more. Then you're prophetic. And if you're always looking at the world map, trying to plant flags, trying to you know, think strategically and going to places and taking the gospel where you know, it's unusual for the gospel to be named. And there's some strange territories. Then maybe you are apostolic. But let's celebrate the fivefold. And in the next few weeks, I believe, I want to touch on the different people. But I want all of us to embrace the fivefold ministry. So let's all rise to our feet. Let's all stand.